0: It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer.
1: News Radio 930 WBEN.
0: All right. It's BMaz and Beamer here with you for uh, yet another show together on WBEN. That's uh, together again. Together
1: again, Brian. It might be cloudy outside, but it's sunny in the studio.
0: Not true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lie. There's so much to get to, so little time. It's like a Willy Wonka thing uh, here. It's uh, there. I mean, there's so much stuff going on, um, and I I had to start with Joe, okay, because it was what we were talking about yesterday. And yesterday uh, we were sitting here and we said right that if you're you're putting something like a mask mandate, you're putting any sort of mandate on at this point in time in the pandemic that you you kind of need to load it up with an off ramp, right? Love you, that expression, the off-ramp. Yeah, you, you need to set the parameters. Um, you, you don't want to just walk blind into indefinite masking or indefinite mandate right. of any kind because that's what's causing a lot of distrust, this idea that that is the direction that we're going. So, I, I mean, what was it, an hour after we got off the air yesterday, Joe? <laughs> we heard it from Kathy Hochul talking about the mask mandate in schools and this is what she said.
2: I'm not leaving open-ended mandates. We'll do it now and we'll assess.
0: All right. No open-ended mandates. It's a mandate that's going to go on now and then it will end sometime. <laughs> Some open in time. In the future. <laughs> so not open-ended. Not to be confused with something that's open-ended. Okay, good, because it sounded
1: like it might be open-ended. I'm glad she clarified.
0: Closed-ended the we're open to what the closing date is. Just uh, that's <laughs>
1: so. Still, as you said, still not establishing that off ramp. I mean, now it's it's exactly she is
0: putting out there exactly what people are getting kind of frustrated about. Yeah, um, and you know, it's it's interesting to watch. I forgot to mention, and people were reminding me of this off the air because we talked a lot about the UK yesterday. Their doctors, right, have uh, said that they're not. Doing a uh, mask mandate in schools, um, that they're not, uh, you know, looking at this. The they say their ability to see faces important for social development. Right. The interaction is such a big part in school that they are, you know, looking at the risks and benefits and saying, you know, we think that uh, the benefits outweigh the risks of not masking over in the UK. And uh, people reminded me, it's uh, France, uh, Switzerland, Italy, the Netherlands, all of Scandinavia are kind of in that same boat exempting kids from, and not all, you know, some have uh, middle school on are wearing masks, some are high school on are wearing masks, some are nobody is wearing a mask. Um, and, and right to this point, we haven't seen, you know, any sort of more of a school-related outbreak in uh, those areas than we have here in the U.S. So I, it was just something that was brought to my attention yesterday and then of course we heard that from the lieutenant governor no open-ended mandates no, no the governor yes oh no the, yeah the governor i did the same thing i did the same thing i'm so used to doing that i didn't realize i mean the 7 years of doing that yeah that that kind of sticks with
1: you 7 years over a decade of saying governor Cuomo. it's going to it's going to take a while
0: yeah um <laughs> And uh, there's also some new uh, data out that, you know, it, we hear this all the time, Joe, um, long-term effects, that doctors are concerned of the long-term effects of COVID in kids that we just don't know about right now, That and that is a reason for y- you don't want to uh, have any kid without a mask or distancing in the classroom or in these settings, and uh, We've seen a lot of this, and this was printed in the New York Times yesterday, that while long COVID gains a lot of attention, a lot of recent data has shown rates low among children, not dissimilar to any effects caused by any other virus, like the flu or anything else in terms of that long-term thing. And here was something I brought up after the show to you, is when you say, without any real data... You know that we're concerned about the long-term effects of COVID on kids, but then you can't also, at the same time, dismiss people who say, "Well, I'm a, I'm concerned about the long-term effects of the COVID vaccine." Right, right. You can't have one without the other, because that makes people look at you and say, "Well, what's why am I listening to you?" That right. that makes you uh, fall into the. The distrust category when you say, well, I'm concerned there's no real data to back it up. There's only a year of data. We don't know what the long term effects are going to be. And then say, well, I mean, you know, take the vaccine. What are you waiting for now? Most likely, the likely answer that we have from both seems to be that there's no huge risk of a lasting long term effect of a child when they have covid or of getting the vaccine. Right. Right. But you don't get to pick and choose your concern. No, you can't discredit one and say,
1: this one is the one that, But where's the proof? Oh, no, we don't have any proof on either, but this is the one we're worried about. How dare you even ask that other question? Right, and that goes both ways. Right, right. Yes. That's
0: If I'm saying, well, I don't know the long-term effects of the vaccine, um, but, you know, well, long, there, there are no long-term effects of uh, COVID. You can't, you can't have one without yeah. the other. No, again, but it's it's like what we talked about yesterday, Brian. It's people in
1: their corners, and they're, they're not willing to have the conversation on the other side. They're not willing to have the conversation from someone that sees things differently than them.
0: And, and then it was good news yesterday. Uh, we saw this was posted in the Wall Street Journal out of the U.K. Most children who had to be admitted, so this is a very small percentage of children who had COVID, but those who had to be admitted to intensive care with that inflammatory, uh, that M.I.S., Um, that inflammatory complication after getting COVID did not have serious lingering issues a year later. That's from a study of data collected from hospitals across the UK. So that's some positive news. Yes. Always looking to bring you the positive news out there. Um, So, you know, that's just cleaning things up on the COVID front. Remember, it's not an open-ended mandate. I'm not leaving open-ended mandates. We'll do it now and we'll assess. Whew. All right. All right. Thankfully, it's <laughs> not an open ended mandate. <laughs> it didn't really clear things up uh, for me yesterday after uh, all the news happens right when we get off the air, Joe. That's right. We're, we're the setup. We say
1: things and then they actually. We find happen. out our
0: answer five minutes later. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. By the time you're listening to this podcast, half of the questions we have might have been answered. Right. Uh, so please just goes. know why you're listening. We didn't know, okay?
1: This was post our show, what you might find out later on.
0: Yeah. Uh, we also had, uh, and this is a story that's been percolating for a few days now since the beginning of the week. Um, I wasn't in Monday for this, but uh, we spoke with Will Westlake in studio, who's among the Starbucks workers looking to organize. And uh, by the way, we should say anything we're talking about, you want to weigh in, Eight zero three zero nine thirty on our Volkswagen and Orchard Park text board or by giving us a call this morning. And, you know, he came in here uh, just talking about why he is looking to gather other Starbucks employees and unionize a few shops here in Buffalo. No Starbucks is a union shop, but he's hoping to change that. I really do think it's an interesting conversation uh, about industry, where it's going. And, uh, you know, you can look at unions in a couple of lights I, on some In some industries, they've never been stronger than they are right now. And on the other hand, the greater picture, uh, the unionization of uh, workers m- maybe has never been weaker uh, in, in the last hundred years than it is right now, um, looking at it from a grand uh, picture. But you kind of look at one industry and you kind of blanket apply that to everything when it comes to a union when I think that's kind of unfair to do. But what did you think of Will, Joe? Yeah, he's he's got
1: uh, the ambition. He's got some ideas, you know. But I think back to. And like you said not ever you know you have to look at everything as a separate situation uh, but I think back to when I worked a part-time job and was forced to join a union as a part-time employee in high school and you know I really didn't see those benefits as a part-time employee at a part-time job at a grocery store that no longer exists um, at a grocery store I, I didn't see I'm, I'm losing forty fifty bucks at a paycheck I'm only working 20 hours you know so I, 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 I can see both ends of it but I, I, I did um I, I, I I did
0: think Will brought a lot of ideas to the table. I think oh, I, I have one issue with what you said. Okay, that's fine. Forced to. Yes. You could have worked somewhere else. Very great
1: point, Brian. But, you know, I didn't have a car at the time. So I had to work <laughs> somewhere that I could walk from my home and this grocery store, be it it was only a job I worked for six months, uh, but I, I needed a job close and in walking distance. Now, yes, there were other places to work. You're right. Completely right. Uh, fair point. But I just did not think that went well with a part-time job where I'm really just there so I can have some money to have fun on the weekends.
0: I I just think – I think a lot of the uh, opposition and people you hear speaking out when you hear of, uh, you know uh, – and I do think there is a clear difference between uh, someone like Will who was in here and, you know, I can remember covering not just uh, this story and Spot Coffee – and a, a right to unionize and a right to organize, and I think there's a clear difference between that, and there needs to be a difference made between that and the, you know, push for a higher minimum wage, you know, to cover everybody in a blanket sense of the word. Because I remember covering a lot of those protests, the fight for 15, and um, fast food workers who want a higher wage. They didn't go the route of a union. They went the route of, no, we just want this to be mandated by somebody else to tell our employer that they need to pay us uh, a higher wage. And there is a clear difference from that because when it comes to the union, and I think a lot of the pushback comes from people who are unhappy in their own position. And I've already seen that in the text board this morning, right? You know, I went to school for four years. I, you know, I worked so hard to make this amount of money and he wants to make the same amount of money, uh, you know, pouring drink. You can't do that, right? It's like the, oh, well, this guy throws a football around. And he gets to make $15 million and I'm out here, you know, working, uh, laying in fifteen tar, million dollars. right? Uh, you don't get to do that. People are paid. It, it's the free market. You're paid what you're worth. If you're unhappy in your situation, it's on you to figure out how to improve that, not to just point the finger at everybody else and say, well, no, you can't make as much as me because I say you can't I don't want you to. That is true. But when we're looking at places that, let's be honest,
1: for most aren't meant to be careers, as someone just took my thunder off the text board, um, aren't meant to be careers, you know, we see places like Starbucks. We see places like McDonald's, and I'm sorry to throw those businesses out. But eventually, I mean, what what is the, the cap point for a place that sells a $1.25 cheeseburger and an $18 um, latte? You, I know think, what, you, know, you know what I mean? I, I do think there is a point to where we say, you know, if, if that's the kind of money you want to make, work yourself up to management, or for them, if you don't like the money you're making, you go get a job that pays more.
0: I think it, that, th- that, that does go both ways. It's going to turn on its head, though, uh, with the way the economy is going. And, you know, Amazon workers might be a good um, you know way to look at this. I mean, how many factories were there across the country where people could go and earn a living wage working in a factory? Those don't exist anymore. Amazon factories do. A huge company that needs all of these uh, people, right? to uh, make their operation go. Yes. And that's the new factory worker. And you can look at the service industry, and this is the point that I think Will was uh, trying to make on with us earlier this morning, that the service industry is changing. It never used to be thought of as a a full-time job. But what is a, a full-time job? Like, is this a full-time job? Not to some people. I was just going to say that. Not to some people. No. It is to me. Yep. It's not to some people talking on the radio. And I, I want... When you think of what is happening with this unionization effort, I think there are a few key steps that you can keep in mind, that this is part of the system, right? Will and the rest of the employees at Starbucks have a right to organize and do this? If they're unhappy with their current working situation, they have a lot of different options. You could quit and leave. You can go somewhere else. Um, you can go to another coffee shop, you can go to another, you can do any other job, okay. a- anything you want to do. Come here to radio. Right? Uh, you, you can take my job. <laughs> or you can, you have a right to organize in the workplace. So you have the right to do that and say, well, no, I don't want to move. I, I'd rather try to, right, look at this and, uh, you know, try and improve this and get what I want out of this place. Then, It's the employer's right as a business owner to stand firm and say, well, no, this is what we're going to offer as pay. This is what we're going to offer as benefits or whatever you want. This is what I'm prepared to do. Then it goes around. And then it's a worker's right to stop working or, if they have organized, to go on strike. Then it comes back around. Then it's the employer's ability to find somebody else if they want to step in. Or if they find that they can't do that, they might decide it's worth it to then negotiate. I I mean, this is all part of the system that is supposed to work itself out. And I think what you have at the end here is instead of being jealous at somebody for making more, which I think is just a terrible trait no matter what we're talking about. If we're talking unions, if we're talking higher minimum wage, if we're talking anything, I think that's a bad trait. And a bad road to go down mentally for yourself is to look at everybody else and compare yourself and just be jealous. Yeah. Now, if you I really mean- want that, that's something you can work toward. You can use that as inspiration, somebody else's success. But just to be jealous because you feel that you deserve more, maybe clearly you don't if you're not in that situation yourself. So this is the system. I And maybe the Starbucks workers will... no longer work at Starbucks. Maybe that falls off in that third. Maybe they will continue to work at Starbucks at their current wage because that's what they find that the employer is willing to pay and uh, they can't find better anywhere else. Maybe the wage will be raised because they force the hand of an employer to say, well, I need these employees to keep my business running. And apparently they're worth more than what I was paying before right. and, and it's worth it to me to give them what they want. No, I
1: agree and disagree with some of what you're saying. You're right, I, I, I do think too many people look at someone else and say, oh, I why should they, why should they? Worry about yourself, I, I am all about worrying about yourself. However, also, talking about, uh, I'm not a big union guy, so maybe I'm not the guy to be having this conversation uh, because I come in mentally already against unions and that's probably wrong. Um, But I look at places that a lot of people try to work a part-time job. And I go back to 16-year-old Joe Beamer and all I wanted to do was bag a few groceries, make some money and have money to, you know, well, I can't say, but you know, have money to do things on the weekend, right? Of course. Uh, And I think you look at places that people want to work those part-time jobs and now what you're doing is you're going to raise it and you're going to not only eliminate part-time jobs from people, but you're also going to work your price up to where you're going to get where you're going to lose customers as well. I, I do think there is a fine line. I go back to what I said earlier that there is a cap when it comes to these industries. How much do you want your product to go up to supplement a fifteen dollar uh, a fifteen dollar an hour wage, a sixteen dollar an hour wage? I
0: always thought that was the wrong way of looking at it, and I disagree to that because it, it, one. I think you have to – why is it – what is a part-time job versus a full-time job, which is something we've said before? You know, what makes it – maybe it is a full-time job. If you want to pay people like that and create a full-time job and that's, you know, what is forced here, right. maybe it's a full-time If you're not, de- if you're not
1: depending on part-time employees, then, yeah, th- then go right ahead and, with unionization.
0: And then this idea – you know, Chipotle was the uh, big restaurant chain where this was making uh, the news earlier this year because they raised the wage of their employees – of, you know, well, now we're raising the price of a burrito. We're raising the price of this or that. And, you know, a lot of people took the bait, I think, and said, well, see what happens. This is what happens when, you know, the employees are making more money. Now I have to, the price is kicked off to me. Well, that doesn't have to work that way. I mean, you can also say, instead of raising the price of a burrito, you could also say, mm, maybe we don't pay a bajillion dollars in a bonus to the people at the very top of the company anymore. Well, I mean, you know, we can all agree on that. Well, but no, what you're <laughs> saying is the opposite.
1: Happen. Well, because who makes that decision? The guy at the top makes that decision. That That's not a realistic, that will never happen. Why is it not a realistic decision to Wh- say, instead say I'm gonna instead of take taking less money?
0: $200 million in a bonus this year, I'll take $100 million, and that'll be enough for me? I can probably
1: count on one hand how many times that's happened.
0: Okay, I, I'm sure it's happened a lot more, but eventually you're going to have to make that decision. I mean, that's uh, how much is enough. And I, I think it is uh, tell, it's getting people to take the bait, and it, it's the wrong way to think about it when you say every price increase has to be passed along to the consumer. Because sometimes that tr- that is very true. In small business especially, that's going to be very true, where your margins are slim. When we're talking about Starbucks, it is a very different story than when we're talking about even spot coffee, which is the same type of workplace and the same type of business. Right. But it is on a very different level. When you're talking about McDonald's, it's very different than when you're talking about Ted's. Right. So that is not true business to business, even within the same industry. Which is why I think this is particularly interesting because you're kind of forcing a, a larger employer who has those margins. You're not forcing them to, I mean, I, would you even notice? I'm not a Starbucks person. I'm not a coffee person in general. But if they raise the price of their coffee from $21 to $22. I mean, are, there, are the people
1: at Starbucks noticing their price increase? You know, they might be their own worst enemy because I would because of my pre-loaded money into the Starbucks app. So you do notice the prices a little more when you do it that way. 803 star 930. What do you think? That's the phone number. That's the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board number. Uh, we'll be back after this on BMAS and Beamer.
0: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
1: It's b and Beamer. News Radio
2: 930
0: WBEN. Hey, b and Beamer, welcome back. We're on WBEN. We're back. We're in a nice bright yellow, uh, no, orange shirt today. That's right.
1: Like Hokie colors all week.
0: Oh, is that the, uh, yeah. that's the idea? Big
1: Virginia Tech game Friday. I've oh. got to make sure I get that mention in
0: today. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, well, we're talking about the uh, <laughs> Starbuck uh, workers. We spoke with Will Westlake among the uh, Starbuck employees who are looking to unionize at at least three. He said uh, potentially more locations around here in western New York. And uh, a lot of reaction coming in on our Volkswagen and Vortabark text board. With uh, somebody chiming in saying, you know, workers realize if their hourly rate goes up, a lot of that will go to union dues. They might yes. be making the same amount, if not a little less. I'm sure they do. I mean, that's that's their decision. That's part of the calculation of, of whether to do it. Hopefully, and if, hopefully they realize that. I, I think to them, it's more about you know they bring up scheduling concerns a lot. Of, I think it's more about some of the other things. Um, yeah benefits. I remember when I was working a job like that, it would just be about getting your paycheck you know I, if it's a little more or a little less, I just wanted it right on time like not know, having to chase someone to around the uh, yeah. kitchen. Hey, I know I came during a uh, dinner rush. can I get my check? Yeah, I mean that would be uh, the other thing And then uh, this is you'll hear this a lot I think when it comes to uh, you know part of the union conversation. Uh, Somebody's saying when they start paying those working in nursing homes, uh, working wage, then I'll worry about people in coffee shops. You know, what do we pay those doing other necessary jobs like caring for the elderly if the wage for coffee makers is $20? And to that, I mean, the simple answer is they have nothing to do with each other. It's we're talking about totally separate things. I mean, and like we said before the break. You're talking about totally separate things when you're looking at Starbucks as compared to any other place, you know, uh, that serves coffee uh, because of the humongousness of uh, Starbucks. So it it is a completely different thing. I mean, they will be paid what they're worth, right? Or they'll be paid what they are able to negotiate or they'll be paid... Um, what can be afforded within the system? Somehow, this one coffee spot <laughs> is, you know, has gotten so huge that the workers want to be part of the action. I mean there's one on every corner, they're charging 10 bucks a cup. You can kind of figure it out that they're doing some pretty good business. So it it doesn't mean one or the other. And if you say, well, then you know, people will just they won't go into these service jobs, and they'll just become coffee makers. And then I'll say, well, if they're making more money, good for them. <laughs> and then that's up for the rest of it. to figure. That's the system. That's the free market. That's the system that we are all in. And, uh, you know, I thought was thinking about uh, your point, Joe, to where you kind of said, well, if you make these full-time jobs, you know, where are the uh, part-time jobs? You know, where are the jobs and the opportunities for the kids in high school, you know, someone who only wants to work one or two days a week, right? get their foot in, because I, again, as someone who worked
1: that job, I think this this could take another option for you know someone who's sixteen just wants
0: a little extra money for the weekends. I, but I will say to that, that option will always exist. It's just not going to look like it's always looked. I mean, things change. The option to do a little part time to make some money is always going to be there. It's just not necessarily going to look like a shift at McDonald's like I have when I, you know, it's how many people do you know buy and sell things online and turn around and make a profit? I mean, that is a part time job that, by the way, kids younger than 16 are doing all around the country. And some of them have made a pretty good business out of it. Some of them have have storefronts now. That's right. Um, Some 15-year-olds are on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, Maybe that's mowing the lawn. Maybe we've gotten a little more high tech. It's not mowing the lawn. It's uh, Mark Cuban brings this up a lot. Maybe it's going around your neighborhood. Hey, I'll install commands on your smart devices. Uh, You have an Alexa speaker. I'll do this, 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 and this. Give yep. me 20 bucks and, you know, they're out the door in five minutes right. because I made your smart device even smarter and made it work for you. It's, you know, adding a little. I mean, there are websites, um, Fiverr, one of those websites. You can do you can proofread somebody's essay and get paid, you know, 15 down. <laughs> you can do all these little things, offer up your services that you don't typically think of because it's not the traditional way of thinking. The Uber driving. I mean, Uber driving, tell me that's not a new gotta be eighteen. part-time job. But yes, yes. But y- you kind of get what I'm saying. It's a good part-time job, by the way. Uh, there are all these new opportunities that don't traditionally get thought of when that conversation is in there. And, you know, maybe it's not as uh, – nice. it certainly takes a little more initiative, right, than to say, okay, I'm going to go to the local whatever it is turn in my job application and that's you know right. I do this and they tell me when to show up get my employment card yeah, from they, uh,
1: the school counselor yeah
0: yeah <laughs> uh you know they tell me what to do right. and you know i put this on and i have like kind of that structure and maybe that's not there in everything that i just mentioned and it takes a little bit more initiative and uh self discipline but there you're learning some new skills and <laughs> maybe you end up going into business for yourself and doing much better off. But those opportunities for kids and for people just entering the workforce, they're always going to be there. They're just not always going to be the same. I think some people are very stuck in thinking of jobs the same way they were when they were that age. And it, it's not always going to be like that.
1: Let me ask you this, going back to the to the union thing, you know, if I, if I feel that uh, I could make more money, Brian, you know, I might go have a, a Uh, conversation with my boss right or as we said I might go look for look for another job or try to work my way up if I'm in one of those service jobs work my way up to a manager if I'm you know it it seems like trying to get everyone's wage up not everyone but trying to uh, join a union to get a higher wage where's that moving up structuring right where's that incentive to want to move up to be a manager if they have managers at Starbucks. You know, because like when I was in a different field, my whole goal was to work up to be a manager. That's how I knew there was more money
0: at that level, not where I was at the lower level. Right. But that, that doesn't mean that there's not more money there. I mean, that doesn't mean that there's not. I, there's always that. Eventually, there won't be. Why? I mean, you, you think everyone is going to be paid on CEO level? Like, no. that, that will not happen. No, but if, it goes back to the cycle. If we go up to $22
1: an hour, that, it's not going to stop there. And then five years from now, we're going to want to go to 28 to 30 Okay. There, and what's there wrong with that? There just, but there has to be a, a cap at, at a
0: minimum. Uh, Why? that For some businesses, there will be. For every business, there will be. There will be a cap. And it goes back to the cycle. It, it, it's the employer's right to stand firm on wages or benefits or whatever you're asking for. I mean it's the employer's right to say I can't do that. Sorry. This is what we're offering. That is At that the, is end the of right. The day. What you're talking about is minimum wage in general. And that is a like we said before, that is a completely separate argument. A government mandate on what every industry across the board has to pay or in a certain industry. We saw this with fast food in New York uh, state where it was a certain industry you have to pay this that is completely different than using the collective group, right uh, of workers to say, listen, this uh, collective bargain. This is what we want from you as employees. This is our expectation. What will you work with us on? But I mean, that tell me if those I'm are Completely different things. But tell me
1: if I'm wrong. A union is going to say our employees have to make at least blank, and that would include employees that come in off the street and join that union. So for that location, there would be that would be the set minimum, is what I'm saying. Well, eventually that does have to cap
0: somewhere. Eventually it does have it, it yes. will cap somewhere, but it will do so naturally, and that doesn't always have to be the case. I mean, if if you are in a union, and unions the way. They're meant to be. And this is uh, another area where, I mean, you can ask somebody if, uh, you know, are you pro union or are you anti union? And I think most people will say, you know, we're in this black and white, right? You know, everything is one or the other. You know, it's a, oh, you're anti vax or, you know, or you're pro vax or something like that. It's, oh, pro union or anti union. But if you really ask pointed questions of people, I think you'd find, you know, some, hey, I'm pro-union, but I don't think that the union should be donating workers' wages that they've raised and donating money to political campaigns on either side of the aisle. You know, I'm pro-union, but I don't think that there should be, you know, this or that. And that's part of the negotiating process. That should happen with good representation, Um, So it doesn't necessarily have to be in that way. But like I said, at the end of the day, when you're talking about, right, this is raising wages through the free market instead of using a mandate like a minimum wage to raise wages across the board. That is the difference where, listen, everybody has the right to stand firm at some point, something as a breaking point at some point. Maybe it's workers who say, okay, well, I I want this, but I, I can't get this here, but I'm still going to take this job. Or I want this, and I won't accept anything less, so I'm out of here. Or it's an employer who says, I can't offer you this. This is where I'm standing firm. If I lose you, I lose you. <laughs> Maybe I lose the business. And it's also the employer to say, I can only pay you this amount of money, or else we are done. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and if I give you more and maybe they say, OK, well, I need my workers here, so we're going to pay everybody $50 an hour. And wait, that doesn't make sense. So now we're done entirely. Right. And, and there are breaking points in the system, of course. But I, this is how it works.
1: By the way, uh, just a Volkswagen Virtual Park text board, someone asked if we belong to a union. We do not belong to a union. So I thought I would make that. Uh, Point clear for the texter on the text board.
0: Let me tell you, there are times here in the middle of January when I'm wearing a ski cap and a coat... Because there's you no know, uh, heat, <laughs> then I'm like thinking, ah, oh, yes, uh, maybe not a not a bad idea. Not to... so
1: much the money driving us; it's the it's <laughs> the I can't feel my fingers in July in January. <laughs> there are many different ways, right, to uh, look at that. We should update people. We found the space heaters. I just want everyone to know. <laughs> Joe found them. We found the space heaters. A little follow up from solver. yesterday.
0: Yeah, you're the problem solver. <laughs> of this for sure.
1: I may also be a problem. Um, What's what's the opposite of a problem solver? Problem well, <laughs> a problem child. A problem creator. I might sometimes be a problem creator, but I try to offset that with my problem solving skills.
0: Yeah, I uh, I do like that. Let's go uh, let's go to the phones. We got Jim in West Seneca here on WBEM. What's going on?
2: Hi, how are you doing? Hey, doing well. First of all, I think it's a, Mr. Westlake is the one that's trying to organize uh, Starbucks here. It's interesting to me that a man works there for just four months. Now, he didn't know what the working conditions were or anything before he took this job. Number two point, New York State and Buffalo is a very good place to try and organize because we are very organized in this state. Now, do you suppose if they took a vote down in, let's say, Georgia, where the Amazon voted for for their uh, union in the warehouse, it was defeated? Here in New York State, they probably have a 90 percent chance of getting union representation. And is that voluntary? Not really, because the union has the government on its side. An employer doesn't have the right to say, no, I will not negotiate with the union. I'll close my business instead. They would get fined by the government or they would be taken to court. They can't do that. So it's not voluntary. These people organize unions, the the companies have their hands tied right from the beginning because it's government. Do you think $15 an hour would ever come about, maybe in years, if the government hadn't stepped in and mandated $15 an hour in a number of places? Do you suppose in New York State, if we didn't have the firemen, the teachers, and the police, are all unionized other unions would be here just as quickly i don't i don't know but i am i'm for unions i'm against public unions and i'm against companies being forced to employ union workers you come up to me i'm paying you 12 dollars an hour you want 15 i can't afford it i say well i'm not going i'm not going to give you that the government's going to say well you have to negotiate with this person is that
1: right that that's a New York State issue yeah it's a state by-state thing and,
0: and New York State is uh, not a
1: right to work state it is a uh, right to union state
0: you know I appreciate the nuance a little bit from Jim there though because it, it goes it is it's kind of refreshing to hear someone who says uh, listen I am pro-union but under these circumstances." and I think when you boil it down and start exploring it, I think most people are like Jim in some way. Listen, I like the concept. And basically everything I'm, I've am i been uh, talking about is the concept. It's not the union in practice. And there's a big difference. I mean, right, what have we uh, been talking about for the last six months? A- and why are maybe I think a lot of unions are uh, facing from most everyday people uh, uh, scrutiny that they haven't in some time when you have schools – in uh, heavily left-leaning and heavily strong uh, teachers' union towns, those schools weren't open as much as schools that didn't have those two things. And so who's shouldering a lot of the blame? Well, it's the teachers' union. And who should shoulder a lot of the blame? Well, (laughs) it's the teachers' union in in a lot of spots. So, I mean, there are instances like that where – it's, you know, hold on. How much power can you actually have? I mean, the things I'm I'm looking at this as an outsider and saying on principle, the idea, right is is pretty nice. And you can see why it's attractive to someone like Will who joined us in studio before. Um, you can see why it's uh, very attractive to, I, I think a lot of people. In practice, does it work that way? I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it does. I'm not sure. I I, I think there are probably uh, some benefits, but you kind of see, and we use the teachers union example here, But you see the way things get politicized around town. You see the inner workings with, and some of the things that Jim brought up where a worker won't have the right to work somewhere unless they join a union. It's, uh, you know, that's something that should that really be the case, a closed shop to uh, everybody except for, you know, that's when you start to get into the nitty gritty of uh, I'm not sure. As a general concept, though. I mean, it does seem like a much uh, a concept that fits much better into our system than what I've seen. You know, there's been two calls, right, over the last 10 years locally. There's been the call to raise the minimum wage, and then you've had these uh, unionization efforts. And a lot of times they're lumped in together. But I, I do think at their core it is very different because at their core <laughs> it is, you know, one is a mandate and one is – let's force somebody to make a decision. right? A- and I think one is the road to go down and one is where you start to get a little tricky and then you start to ask, ah, is and, this really what we want to be doing?
1: And I just want to clarify, Brian, I did know the difference. I I meant for the particular store that no, was uni- yeah. Yeah, unionizing. But yeah, they are two completely different things. Asking, hey, no matter what you do, anyone in this state We'll get this much money is so much different than hey if you work here we're trying to get the workers together and create a union
0: two completely different concepts. That's um you know like with you the said, same goal in mind. I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, it's a it's going to be a fun one to watch. I think at Starbucks, As Starbucks is tra- you, you, three Starbucks locations. Could I, that's the one thing and we brought this up when we were talking with uh, Will a little earlier, but you know good luck going on strike at your Starbucks location and, you know, forcing a consumer to, you know, really take uh, your side. I'll go to the one three steps that way, right? <laughs> I mean, it's just – it's a real tall order. It is. It, it is. It's not something that you, uh, you know, would have a lot of power unless you really create a movement around the country. And, you know, I'm sure that goes for uh, – Amazon has been trying to do that, but I, it is – it's a tall order. It's not like spot coffee, uh, like I think a lot of people would just assume because it's the same business. It is a very different thing. Yep. I think on one hand you have maybe a lot more room for negotiations because you're dealing with a company that can afford to give you a lot more of a chunk of the pie. On the other, you know, like I said, yeah. Good luck. we got a lot of other locations around If you're here. picketing, I'll just go on the app and find the next closest one, yeah. which to
1: that location is the one inside Target, just if anyone's looking. Is, is, <laughs> is that,
0: I mean, it's literally in the same parking lot <laughs> And a lot of times.
1: It's but crazy. There, there, there are three Starbucks in the Target, in the consumer. They call it the Boulevard now, where Bed Bath & Beyond and Best Buy is. Are wow, great English show. There are three Starbucks. There's a standalone Starbucks. There's one in Target. And then there's oh, the yeah. the, um, the Barnes & Noble
0: ca- Cafe powered by Starbucks. Wow. <laughs> I For all, I've never been to one. <laughs> I've never been to one. I, it's just not my, uh, even for a tea or anything like that. I've never had stepped foot in one.
1: S- sadly, I have to admit, I've been to two. I've been to the one, the standalone, and I've grabbed a drink while shopping at Target. Yes. Yes, I have. Just that thirst, yeah. walking up and down those aisles. Waiting 15 minutes for my five minutes of shopping so I can have a drink in my hand. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what uh, You're looking at too many pots and pans and just... just <laughs> Really need that coffee. Gotta have something to power me through this. A little caffeine boost when I get in the pillows. They'll so always I don't get me to target. Nap. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, we didn't even bring up the stadium today. It's uh, Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe tomorrow we'll do that. Tomorrow and, uh, will be our Friday. That's right. Uh, it's been a short week. Maybe a special guest tomorrow. We'll maybe, see. maybe I'll to to tune ask in yesterday. So we'll see if we have uh, tomorrow a special guest.
1: If not, we'll be here, and that's special <laughs> enough. It's Beeman and Beamer on WBen.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours